Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. Uh, this will come out later, but it is Mardi Gras today. It's Fat Tuesday today. Tomorrow will be the beginning of Lent, so get your ash in church. Did you get your punch can campus, Michael? I don't. I don't. I don't like those, so I bought a donut like on the way. No, I got a Boston cream on the way into. You lived in Michigan. I know, but I just I'm just not that of that kind of pastry. I'm not a big fan. It's not worth the calories. Yeah, see, I, I don't know that I'm going to get a punch key today because I'm not going to get a chance to go here on campus. And I usually our, try our to. Our provost provides them for everybody. Yes. Yes. And um, I usually try to stop at Greebs or Greebies. I don't know mm-hmm. how you say it, but nice old school bakery mm-hmm. on like Lincoln and in the 50s there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I got to go, I got to run like three errands after mm-hmm. I teach. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to get mm-hmm. our punch keys today. Mm-hmm. Well, I asked my wife, uh, should I pull something out for dinner because I'm going to be at her home today? And she said, it's Fat Tuesday. Why don't we uh, order in some yeah. bad food for us, ourselves? So that's okay. Sounds like a good wife. That sounds wonderful to me. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to go with? I have no idea. But we'll make it make sure that it's bad. Knowing you, I'm going to guess it's going to involve meats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If my youngest daughter, it will be um, Wingstop if she has any anything to say about it. That's so. Nick's place. He yeah. likes that place, too. So, um, welcome to our uh, Luther series, and we are, we are, we are way, way into this. Mm-hmm. 50, 60 episodes. I want to say we're 56 or 7 now. So, we are, we are getting to, we can see the finish line. We were talking off air that maybe we could think about including this one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight. So, we'll, we'll get into... We're 56 60s. now, so that gets us to 64. 64. Is that a good number to end on? I think no? that's a good number to, to end on. Okay. Um, and uh, what we'd like to do today is kind of piecemeal together the 1540s, at least until 1546, <coughs> just to give us sort of a sense of where we are historically. Here, this happens, this happens, this happens. So if it's going to be more of a chronological, um, try to get us uh, uh, through the timeline a little bit. So if it's not your cup of tea, that's uh, we certainly understand. But it does help us put th- things together, and we still have some big issues to deal with, Luther's death, death and health. Um, we'll have one on um, his relationship with outsiders of Christendom, so um, Judaism and Islam. Um, we'll, we'll talk about, I think we'd like to have one, another one on Katie. She ends up being kind of a refugee and maybe what we know about Luther's children a little bit. And then we'll have, uh, maybe some post Luther stuff. So post Luther characters, um, post Luther theological controversies and politics history, and then maybe a wrap up one. I'm not guaranteeing that we'll see, but that's kind of what we have a plan, which I think says something. We got a plan. So here's some 1540s kinds of things. Uh, overall, Can I just go ahead. Ask one thing, Michael. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we haven't got to ask yet, and uh, we're recording an episode tomorrow, so we can talk more then. But I just, uh, you hear about what's going on in Ukraine? In Ukraine, not the Ukraine. yeah. Where I, you know, I have to stop myself saying the Ukraine and Kiev. Yeah, we grew up in the Cold War. This was right. Yeah. This was Russia. So we are Kiev and the Ukraine, but yeah. it's Ukraine. I'm just curious. And what, Kiev. What side do you find yourself out of this conflict? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I am always going to be on the side of a comedian turn president. Yeah, he's a thing. Yeah, I just no, it, I, I figured you weren't pro Putin. I just no, wanted to make sure so our audience the, knew. It, there is a you know, okay, aggression from a strong man. I get that, and but there this is fascinating for quite a few reasons. There's some religious implications here. 
Well, we've talked about this before, that the boundaries of a state or a country don't always match up with the boundaries of a nation. What I mean by nation there, for, for Putin, it is the Rus, the, the Russians. Um, and that, that those forced nation states often come back to um, bite the empire in the, you know, when an empire falls, falls apart that uh, we divide it up. So think about like the Kurds in Iraq, you know, um, these arbitrary lines of statehood don't always match up with, uh, with um, culture, ethnicity, all that, all that kind of stuff. Ukraine's interesting because you have a, you can have a, you, you, you have probably the place where that in Poland, where the East and the Western churches, probably mm-hmm. Ukraine, even more so than Poland, where you have, you have some tension there. Um, you have uh, churches that will worship like the East, but are an, under the Pope. And I think he maybe even vice versa. I don't, don't quote me on that one. Um, I mean, there's just a lot. There's just, it's a fascinating, fascinating story, isn't it? Being, yeah unfolded before our eyes unfortunately with a lot of violence i would i would just like to say that i'm also anti-putin no yeah. and i'm pro-zelensky and uh <clears throat> i think i think that one of the one of the things this guy that zelensky's doing besides just for ukraine uh i think he's trying to show kind of showing some of the leaders in the west how to have backbone well that's what i was going to say too is there there's this ongoing theme probably starting in vietnam that we are weak and i mean the west and particularly the United States, which I think, okay, whatever. But there is some truth to, I read a couple articles just about maybe we've become too pragmatic, too practical, too much about the what's the bottom line business-wise rather than does, does anybody actually have an ideology anymore? Yeah. And, and we, 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 we have rightfully said the ideologues are, are bad. That's a, I, I understand that. I would, I would like personally on domestic side that you could have somebody who just forgot about ideology and said, this may actually work. Let's be creative. I think all of the big issues I go, there's a creative solution to all of those things. But, uh, you know, internationally, I think there's still room for a vision. And, and if it's the Ukraine that says, or Ukraine says, here's a vision that may be, that may be a turning point. Yeah. I was reading something the other day that was talking about, a. Sometimes it really takes a free people a long time <clears throat> to to get to get going, like to to take a stand or fight. Um, but that historically, once you get a free people sufficiently worked up, mm-hmm. there's there's they're gonna they're gonna put up a better fight than those that are just following orders, you know, almost any day. And hopefully, mm-hmm. this kind of lights a fire under some of us in the West. It's kind of like. In church, when you get a new convert and they're kind of like fired up about mm-hmm. the gospel, like mm-hmm. they, and you kind of, as an established Christian, you're like, yeah, I should probably be a little more excited about that than I've got. Right. Yeah, that and just this whole idea of maybe we can lose the idea of this, the, the, the liberal, what confusing the liberal West with liberalism and saying, oh, you need a strong man who's going to come in and give us conservative values. Be like, yeah, that's not what you yeah. really mean, and that's certainly not. not what the history of conservatism and liberalism has been about. Like, at least we could agree. Say what you will about Reagan, but at least he had a vision of freedom, in the, and at least on an international stage, that at least was out there, you know? Right. I'm not saying that, whatever, I don't care. I'm not going to get an argument about... Sometimes ideas matter. Right. Or and, concepts. Sure, and... 
uh, it is interesting to for for us who are um, let's say pseudo intellectuals mm -hmm. that we think Emphasis about on the pseudo yeah, that we do that, think yes. about these things and and I don't like if there, I read dozens of articles on this none of them having to do with any kind of military maneuvering like that doesn't appeal to me right I agree I mean I understand somewhat what's going on as much as the average citizen who watches you know watches the news but just fascinating about this character these characters and you know like what 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 putin seems to be too smart to be this stupid like what's his end game here like i've really been wondering it, that. it ain't he ain't gonna hold on to ukraine that's too massive a thing i mean it, it is a puppet it's a it's a it's a vassal king it's is what a, he wants it's an easier thing to invade and conquer a country than hold it and yeah. they're having trouble right with the first part and i don't think he he and i he, i mean you're talking pretty delusional if you think you can do that it's a big right mass of land um let alone uh the 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 economic and political ramifications yeah. is but it I'm just if it's just to say hey we can do this and i'm willing to do this now set up a government that's pro pro-russian Okay. Which no way that government stands. Well, I don't, gonna, I they just, will. I just. They yeah. will take out. I don't know. I mean. Can I can I tie this to something? Yeah. Up? So, if we're talking 1540s, um, I think like Mike was hitting on, and and I tried to talk about it a little bit. Take a concept like freedom, mm -hmm. right? And now I would say almost entirely across the political aisle, with a few notable exceptions, people are kind of rallying to the Ukrainian cause, and you're hearing words like. Freedom, <clears throat> democracy, mm -hmm. liberty. Um, you have people on both sides of the aisles cheering on citizens with guns, mm -hmm. which this yep, is usually this, a debate in America. Yes. Um, yep. We've passed the stage in the Reformation that was very much like that, where there were key themes, or con where Luther was kind of like a Zelensky. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and you had, I would say, freedom to a degree, although not through an American lens, um, but like Germany. Um, uh, gripes about the papacy. <clears throat> um, give me some, like, what would be some Reformation by words? Uh, scripture alone. Sure. Um, where these concepts find people that they really resonate with as mm -hmm. the concepts, as the big ideas. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, I hate to predict this. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But we're not going to be as excited about Ukraine for 20 years. Mm. This is going to last a while. Mm -hmm. We'll um, get bored. Yeah. In the West and well. Or it'll turn out that there are some faults, like Zelensky or the Ukrainian government isn't perfect. Right. Um, there'll, be a, there'll be a scandal. Right. Um, and considering it's rushing Ukraine, probably a poisoning mm -hmm, or two. I'm guessing. And Ukraine at some point, if they still have their, their sovereignty, which I, I hope and pray they do, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they're going to have to rebuild. They're going to have to settle in. They're going to have to figure out, okay, how do we, we just defended this thing. Like, stuff's in rubble because we defended it. We got worked up about these and big we ideas. we were the underdog. Right. Yeah. Yep. Now what do we do? Yeah. And I think we talked 1530s, and the 1530s are starting to become that. 1520s, Luther can kind of be the Zelensky. He's, you have accounts of him at Heidelberg or at Worms and his appearance and his courageous stand. And like Zelensky said, you're probably not going to see me tomorrow because are you probably not going to see me again because I'm going to be dead. Luther right. thought he was going to die. And Luther at Worms is basically saying like, I don't need a ride. 
I need ammo. That's right. Yeah. And uh, some of his friends are like, you know, telling the papists, like, put some sunflower seeds in your pocket. Yeah, that's right. That was great. So when you die, something beautiful will grow. Yeah. <clears throat> right? This is, this is the time of like, you can be excited about a cause, terms, concepts, ideas. 1530s, still some of that. But we got to figure out now, like, what are we going to do with these territorial churches? What's the role of Wittenberg? How are we going to get pastors? Um, 1540s, some of that excitement <clears throat> has passed, but you still have a lot of questions about what the future of the Reformation will be. Even more, you have people who really liked the big moments of the past, who really liked the concepts, the terms, the ideas, <coughs> But they kind of want to go a different direction with some of them, right? This is probably as united as Ukraine's going to be. But once things settle down again, hopefully, prayerfully, and they have their sovereignty, it's not like no one's ever going to run in elections against the people holding office now. Mm -hmm. There's going to be different ideas of where things should go. And Luther's seen that now. He's he's seen efforts with the with the reform to reach some sort of unity fail. He's going to see continued efforts um, for reproachment with Catholicism fail. Mike, you'll talk about Regensburg. Um, he <clears throat> will get to Luther and the Jews, but early in his ministry, he writes that Jesus Christ was born a Jew, and he really thinks, man, a lot of them are going to convert now because they never got to hear the gospel before. <clears throat> he sees that not happen. Um, he sees uh, some territories that had good starts starting to lean a different way theologically. Um, whether that be some becoming more open to Catholicism again, or at, le at least in the abstract, or um, some leaning towards Calvinism or proto-Calvinism, whatever we want to call it. And uh, and so kind of the idealism, the big moments have passed. Luther's been living a settled life. He has health problems. And right, it's, it's not, there's still some rubble. Mm -hmm. And there's um, still questions about the future. So did that did that tie yeah. in well? Yes, very good. Okay, now that you give us some stuff from this time. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'd like to do two things. One is give an overall kind of sense of what I think <laughs> is going on in this decade, and then uh, maybe I can give you some some. Here, we're not going to talk about all of these, but just the the breadth of what happens in the 1530s. If you if you will allow me to do that, um, Luther, um, his his friends are leaving. Maybe to go in different places, not not abandoning yeah. him, but literally they have going to elsewhere. different different locations. It's a little bit more polemic in his writing. Mm -hmm. uh, he's he's a cranky old guy. He's got some health issues. He's got some family issues. Mm -hmm. He's got a son that goes away to school and gets himself into trouble. Um, a declining <laughs> health, yeah. And so, this is the personality of of Luther, um, and it's you can tell things are winding down a little bit. Um, he's not pushed to the sideline. Oh yeah, really he is in Augsburg and uh, he's not going to, he still is not going to be attending some of these, uh, some of these uh, bigger meetings that are going to happen between Roman Catholics and Protestants because he's still, quite frankly, until his time of his death is under, uh, under imperial ban. So um, th that's Luther himself. If, if I, if I may just kind of go through what's happening here. Please do. In, in the, in 1540, um, this is a significant thing for later on in the history, but there's a recognition of the Society of Jesus. So the Jesuits, who are going to be known in America for their educational, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, known for their mission work, especially in the Far East, but also known for cracking down on the refer. This is a, this is a direct reformation um, um, effect. Yeah, they don't. Cause, Loyola doesn't, in, or yeah, Loyola doesn't intend it, but they become a very important counter reformation yeah. movement. Um, you have uh, um, the Diet of Regensburg, which we'll talk about a little bit, which is going to be uh, maybe another attempt, maybe the <laughs> could say the last real attempt for some sort of concord between Roman Catholics and the, and the Protestant theologians. Um, there's going to be some war. Um, um, Luther is going to write on the, against Hans Wurst on the Jews and their lies and against the papacy at Rome founded by the devil. So even in the title, he is being polemical. Um, he's being polemical. Um, there's a, some back and forth, right? You have Charles V is going to give some concessions to the Protestant estates um, in exchange for support against now his enemy Francis I, the King of France. So there's, they are the the empire politics are is as never ending. He does of just course. keep beating up Francis for the most part too. Yeah. Um, we're going to the death of Albert of Mainz, and then right before Luther dies in 1546. There is going to be the opening of the Council of Trent, which is going to be a red letter date. That's going to be um, finally there's going to be a church church council, but it's really going to be the Roman Catholic side saying you're condemned, you're condemned, you're condemned for doing all of these things. There uh, are going to be some I wouldn't say concessions, but there will be some reformation. We've talked about this uh, quite a few times, a more of a moral reformation rather than a theological reformation. But the Council of Trent, we don't always fully understand, is really solidifies Christian, uh, I should say, Roman Catholic doctrine and Roman Catholic practice, which had not been. We have this idea that the medieval church was doing all yeah, the same. Yeah, it's one of the biggest not, people have in their mind. I mean, it was very, there was a lot of variety there. It was, there was a lot of freedom there. But and this, it really has a lasting I mean until you get to Vatican II you're talking 500 years it has a good run for parents age right yeah. 400 years where things are not going to there is not going to be dissension uh, and that is for sure there's going to be a response to uh, written by Martin Chemnitz um, and then in, in 1547 is we have the the Battle of Muhlenberg but I think we'll probably leave that for post-Luther politics a little bit so it is a big decade even though Luther is so I hate to say fading because I don't think he really ever fades. He's always playing a role in all of these things, but he, he, he does, he is getting to be an old man. I'd like to start out with 1542. Um, I think it was this when uh, Eustace Jonas is going to leave for Halle, um, a dear friend of Luther. I always, I always I love that city name. I, I, I Doesn't it, it, it's like a nineties rap yeah, song. Halle. Halle, Halle. Uh, so, uh, uh, the people at Halle said... Uh, I like that you jo smiled right when you said Jonas, it. Because uh, I thought I was being immature. Jonas, holla at me. And uh, he came and then never... Was there for a while, even though he's only be there for a big deal. That's significant because this is probably Luther's uh, most trusted confidant at this he's age. Up there, I would say. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jonas and, uh, and Amsdorf. And then, uh, speaking of Amsdorf, right, he is going to be... Right, Amsdorf, Nicholas von Amsdorf, is going to be uh, elected... Not really elected. Actually, he's going to be appointed as the first. The prince wants a Lutheran bishop in Naumburg. Naumburg. Naumburg's people don't so much want a Lutheran bishop. Including the clergy there. And so 
John Frederick. So this is the ideal call. Yeah. Like if if this were our call system, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this would yeah. be the call everyone takes. We don't. Yeah. You don't. They don't want you there, but we're going to send you there anyway. Um, it's, and not just the people don't want you there. Your colleagues. Right. Your colleagues want you don't want there. It's, no one uh, will want yeah. you there. It's uh, you know, it's Jonah is what it, you know, in a little way. Um, and what's interesting about this, I think, is that the prince does say, "Hey, Luther, Wittenberg, theologians, what do you think?" And there's some legal problems with it. And Luther kind of, I think in Luther 1540s fashion probably says, well, if they elect a Catholic bishop, he's by de facto going to be, you know, against God. So just do this or whatever. And I think that's enough for John Frederick, I believe is John Frederick, who, who then appoints um, Amsdorf there. It doesn't last very long, does not have support. So that was kind of a probably a bad move not thought out not certainly not handled very well the blessing of it though michael is that amsdorf then will end up at magdeburg yeah. and if he had not i would have had nothing to write my dissertation yeah. on. yeah you would have probably still been in the parish yeah. maybe have just which which was fine just totally actually maybe have just spiraled out of control because nothing was that's, that's there probably more likely probably would have already buried you already like stocking in a liquor store yeah. otherwise yeah. so um did you know I um I have my funeral all planned and I've been updating it so I have to <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna have a little envelope that's sealed and, and given and uh, guess who's in there to do stuff for my funeral? Me. Yeah. Do you want to guess what I have you doing? What? Preaching. All right. Will you preach for my funeral, Michael? Well, it depends how old. Like if we're both in our. I mean, this is not gonna happen. No, I'm assuming I'll die sooner than later. Yeah, we're like both in our 80s. You know, probably we'll give you. You know, I don't know. You don't have to if you don't want to. No, I I will. Um, I plan to be there to spit on your grave anyway. So. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. That's why I don't have you doing the committal. <laughs> I have someone else doing the committal. Um, as I throw... <laughs> like, there should be an option there, you know, like throwing dirt on the... You know, the, they ask you to throw dirt on there. Or if you prefer, spit on the casket. Well, you know, what I'm going to do is preemptively, I'm going to have my wife, who I'm pretty positive will outlive me... Mm -hmm. um, and the bulletins put that um, if there's spitting at the committal, it's related to Luther's exorcism mm, mm. Um, before the baptism. Mm -hmm. Excellent. For children. Yes, excellent. It's like an end of life <laughs> exorcism. Some family things for Luther. Speaking of family, um, his son goes to school, and I think, I can't remember exactly what he did, but he got himself into a little trouble, and it's, it's, it's not a I don't think any of them were studying for ministry at any point, really. No. So, but just, you know, the the things of... Of a father in his 40s and 50s that he has to deal is with. Is this Martin Jr. you're talking about? I think it's Martin Jr. And he Jr. ends up being like a, yeah. an alcoholic. Or is that, yeah, Paul was not. Well, we'll have one on the children too, but uh, just his deal with us. And then uh, Magdalena passes away, 1542. He says, I have sent a saint to heaven. His second child that he has buried. She is 13. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah. So, um, uh, but... Uh, a huge heartache for him. Yep. Of course. Um, you can, you can just kind of get the sense of Luther is there's, there's things are weighing on him, right? Practical things is <clears throat> constantly having to deal with, uh, with, uh, the, the, not just being the reformer, but what happens after the reformer we've talked about there is to be building there. Everybody wants his ear. Um, there's economic things to deal with. Uh, Wittenberg comes, the measles come to Wittenberg. Um, he is spared, but uh, uh, the death of a child, dealing with children away from school, 
um, and, and and things getting out of his control, right? Um, there's this meeting in Regensburg that he is not a part of. Melanchthon and others go. Um, there is going to be this Council of Trent. Um, he's not going to be there for, for much of it. He's going to die pretty soon after the beginning. But there is this whole thing going on, and he's not invited. Um, and you know what good thing happens? Hmm. Eck dies in 1543. There you go. Yeah, Eck is a I'm part. I'm sure he was of, broken up about that. Yeah, Eck was a part of. Let's. That's a good transition to Regensburg. Eck was a part of the the Regensburg. There was the Regensburg Diet. Um, there was meetings on the side between Roman Catholics um, and what we'll call Protestant theologians. They tried to say, okay, let's go through original sin. Okay, we're on the same part. Uh, the article of God, we're on the same part. Justification is, of course, where they get a little bit um, off track. They try to say, can we get the wording of justification so that we are we are on the same page? Um, but it doesn't really happen. Um, Charles V really wants this to happen because a united front against France on the on the western um, the western line and the Turks still being a threat always, even if it has faded a little bit on the eastern front, is a big deal. So they don't get ever get to like I think uh, you know agreements on the sacraments or anything that that's never going to happen. And so it does kind of fall apart, but Melanchthon is there and X on the other side, along with, uh, with other people. Uh, Luther is, is again, kind of like when he was in Augsburg, he's close by for at least for a little bit, I believe, but he's in a different town and he's not there. Certainly uh, if Luther was there, there would definitely not have been an agreement. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been even shorter, as we see with the uh, Marburg Colloquy as well. So, Can I jump in with one more? Absolutely. I'm done. So, <clears throat> No, that's fine. Uh, just briefly, you mentioned Melanchthon, Regensburg. I would say also I'm going to throw out there that more and more we see in scholarship that probably in the 1540s, um, Luther and Melanchthon are both becoming more aware of some divergences and emphases between them. <clears throat> Maybe not... Um, Overt theological differences, but definitely some um, potential fault lines. So during the 40s, right, Melanchthon's working on his variata of the Augsburg Confession. He's still tinkering with his Lotzi. Um Probably some, uh, I wouldn't say flirtations, but communication, some dialogues kept up that <clears throat> Luther was probably leery of. So um, these two great co-workers are um, maybe becoming a little more aware that um, what they see as the key emphases of theology are not all perfectly aligned. Uh, and it, I, that's why I get the sense Luther, things are slipping out of his hands a little bit, right? Uh, you know, uh, Philip Melanchthon is going to be a big figure, right? And uh, Luther's not going to be around. There's going to be some, other, there's a vacuum is going to occur, right? Mm -hmm. And and we'll, we'll, we'll certainly do this when we go post-Luther uh, characters, but... Uh, the saying going on when we were in school and, uh, you know, and, and for centuries, I'm sure, is the second, if there wasn't the second Martin, Martin Chemnitz, then the, what the first Martin did, Martin Luther, would have been lost. So there is going to be um, some back and forth. And you, again, you, what, to your point, you've already seen those fault lines appear in the 1540s. Yeah. And then um, Sweden, did you already say this? 1544, Sweden officially becomes mm -hmm. a Lutheran state. Mm -hmm. That's a nice thing. Which, uh, bring, to bring it back to Ukraine, um, I was looking at NATO, and I'm like, okay, Switzerland's not NATO, I get that, but then there was Finland, Austria, Ireland, and, and Sweden, and I'm like, what the heck? 
And the the Finns and the Austrians were kind of forced into that by the Russians after World War mm-hmm. II. But the Swedes and the Swiss, it really actually goes back to 30 years war, which is right around the corner historically that they wanted to maintain some independence. Yeah. Um, what's inter and then who cares about Ireland right there, way out there and they don't want to get involved, but it's understandable. They're, they're isolated anyway. They don't need to. Yeah. Um, what was interesting about Ukraine is that the Swiss have sort of backed off their neutrality stance yep, and yep. are putting some economic pressure on Russia. This could be big because this it, could be a, a lot very, of Russian money big. in Switzerland. We'll see what Sweden does as well, right? Austria, whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah. So can so, I throw out another one? So this is sort. This is this history back then. Sweden going Lutheran, then being involved in various ways into the into the Thirty Years' War, 1618-1648, has literally a tie to World War II because yep. they and then and still today, interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, he finishes the Genesis lectures, yep. and uh, probably right. I would say you can disagree with me. His two best commentaries, in my view, are Galatians and Genesis, and probably. The commentaries that give the best insight into just Luther's head, um, like where he arrives at theologically and how he looks at the world and <clears throat> and how he's reading scripture mm-hmm. is probably the Genesis lectures. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, th- I think he begins them in the mid-1530s, but he'll begin end them in 1545. So this will be um, a big thing as well. Absolutely. Um, again, he, he does be, write some stuff that's uh, almost... I mean, his most famous stuff during this time, besides finishing uh, this commentary, is is it's polemical, right. right? I mean, he's not. You know, it's like when when you get. I mean, you already say what you what you think already, Wade, but you do have a bit of a filter when it comes to Thank some you. things. I appreciate that. Um, but you know, you start getting over sixty, mm-hmm. you start saying stuff without thinking. Yep. If you've ever and, been to a nursing home. And you can kind of get away with it, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying Luther's that way, but I'm wondering if he is a little bit, you know? And, and you can't blame a guy. He's been through quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I think we sometimes in history forget, like, now today, nowadays we're more used to, like, talking about trauma. Mm-hmm. Like that someone had had trauma or stress and what that does to a body and to a mind. Um, through most of history, like, just everybody had crazy trauma mm-hmm. and stress by the time they made it to their 50s or 60s mm-hmm. um and uh yeah i mean there there there's a lot of walking wounded i think yep. that like today we would be like oh your childhood or this right. event in your right. life whatever like he's 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 seen and done a lot too yeah. and they're not they they don't <coughs> excuse me said before that they don't really go oh my they didn't talk about their childhoods right, right. and he'd always struggled with highs and lows yeah. i mean he admitted that yeah but I, you know, PTSD. Uh, a lot of psychologists will will talk about. It's not just okay. I got hit in the head, or I saw an explosion, or whatever. There could be a traumatic thing that affects you, and it, it's don't go down the road of like, oh, this is a bunch of people being a bunch of wimps. Although right. I think some people are right. They use that as a crutch or an excuse. Certainly that happens. Mm-hmm. But I do that. The the brain matter changes, right? Because things that are that are non-physical happen to you, right? So, uh, and I think there's good reason to believe that, which, by the way, 
leads to the conclusion that there's a non-physical thing. We would call it a soul, right? right? Um, but but that that's not something that we that we should dismiss. So when Grandpa says something inappropriate, and it is inappropriate, we're not excusing wrong, something as being. You you are going to you know you would have the same sort of grace that you would as the five-year-old who mistakenly says something right. that's inappropriate at an inappropriate You know what the time. fortunate thing for me was, though, and I can't speak for you, mm. is that my grandparents were not some of the most widely published authors in Europe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you thank God for that, you know? Yes, you do, you do. They just uh, said it to me. Right. And I was like, my grandpa, people don't say that anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing, too, is, um, although my grandparents were, 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 were pretty solid, uh. decent people. Um, but just I'll, you I'll live, say mine were too because now yeah, it sounds like mine yeah, weren't. Yeah, well, no, I, I don't remember my grandparents ever saying anything that was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But I was not around them all the time either. So yeah, I was like over there every other day. Yeah, um, I would say, I mean, inappropriate in a poli- politically incorrect way. Certainly, other inappropriate things mm-hmm. would would have maybe come from from them, but. But you just live, we live longer now than the medieval age too. I mean, that's, that's part of this story. And we have painkillers. Yeah. We have treatments for illness. We don't have like metal catheters. And I, I would really, (laughs) I would, uh, when we talk about Luther's health and death to talk about what it meant to face death in a pre morphine situation Mm -hmm. that when we look at our, our hymns, we are our, our Lutheran hymns. They, they do talk about like having a death, a good death. What do you mean having a good death? How could there be a good death? Well, I think it meant two things. One is that you're right with God. And number two, that you're not screaming in pain for months on end. Right. Yeah. And imagine that grandma who lives in your house mm-hmm. and you maybe even share a sleeping space, um, is writhing in pain because of, they don't even know the right, tumor, yeah. the cancer, whatever, um, that we don't appreciate that. And I think it affects the way we think about death and certainly affects the way we mourn at funerals. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think there should be a part of the discussion. Yeah. And, and I would say with yeah. all of that, once again, we're going to talk about some of the Luther stuff Luther wrote. And we're going to say, at least I'm going to say, Michael, that was shameful. Inappropriate. Shouldn't have written it. Inappropriate. Um, what we are saying, though, is Luther's in very bad health at the end of his life. Um, he is tired. He has had a life full of stress and threats. Um, and so, and, and a different time. Yes. And to understand. And what, what he's saying is not outside the norms for the day in right. some ways. So we do want to contextualize it. Right. And to say, what does he actually mean when he says that, too? We, we are not going to. We're not going to say. We're not going to be the patriot who says, um, my country, right or wrong. And the other t- side, we're not going to be that guy who thinks it's cool just to poo-poo every idea whatever we're gonna actually have some nuance when we're not going to be pro-luther just for being pro-luther but we will um also not use this but he will yeah use this as an occasion to self-justify ourselves that we are better than somebody who lived 500 years later yeah or go so the um did you notice jason's not here did he is he still working here i wonder why he's not here anyway I think it's just because it's a Tuesday and he that only works half time. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, our good colleague, uh, Jason Oakland, uh, still lives in his old house while his wife works at a um, her old job and 
his um, one daughter goes finishes high school in um, in the Appleton he graduate, area. Yeah. Can he graduate? We won't give too many of his personal yeah. details, but then, yeah. But they eventually will be here and will have a more normal schedule instead of only driving in here and packing everything in so he doesn't have I'm to I'm sure he is anything. working at home. I don't know if he's wearing... He's probably in pajamas or something. Well, it right? is it is twelve oh six, so I'd imagine he's in his underwear with a bowl of cereal right. in front of ESPN right now. Just got up and like some like scantrons or something. So if someone comes in, he can be like, "Oh yeah, I was just getting this, getting this grading done." <laughs> so excellent. All right, um, I think that was a you know maybe not our most uh, deep episode or session, but it gets us through the fifteen forties and gets us on our way to the end of this long multi-year journey that Wade and I have been on to go through the life and thought of Martin Luther. And so I just, can I wrap it up, Michael? Absolutely. So we love all of our listeners and you guys have been phenomenal. And we got to, we're at 170 ratings on Apple Podcasts Mm -hmm. and uh, we got a 4.9, which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I must say, I know we got more than 170 listeners. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know there's more than 170 iPhones out mm-hmm. there. <laughs> so um, if you don't mind, if you get a chance, I'm not guilting you. you got to let the bird fly. you got to live your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get a chance, we really appreciate it's if you uh, us. If you can do a rating. Five stars is great. Do you, what's your favorite rating, Blake? I, 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 four, five stars. Four, because it. I no. just, I okay, just, I can't, I know, but I just, I just can't say five. I can't. I, there's too five much, stars. Don't. I have too much shame. Five stars is my favorite, Wade. Thank you. Um, but if you have a little note, something you enjoy about the podcast, something that might help. Uh, it bumps us up when people are searching for topics. Um, it helps people find us. It maybe gets someone who's on the fence, should I listen, listening to it. So if you can go to the Apple Podcast, give us a rating, give us a review, give us five stars. Mike's very humble. We all know that about Michael. I'm not. I'm shameless. Mm-hmm. Five stars is great. Um, give us a review. Super appreciated. Subscribe if you want. You can set it to. It doesn't have to download 18 episodes for you. Um, you can mess with the settings. Um, but that way you know when stuff's coming out because sometimes our stuff comes out a little irregularly. But that way you know. Um, if you can share on Facebook, if you find something helpful, that's great too. Likes on our Facebook page, we really appreciate it. So that, that's my shameless. Um, uh, what do you call that? Begging? Plug. 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 Yeah. But ultimately, do what you want. Uh, you know, um, don't say, you know, don't say terrible things. Like we're Lie. not we're not defending. Lie if you have to. Right. Um, and uh, otherwise, I guess just I, I don't know, Mike. How about we say just uh, let the bird fly.
don't care what 